Welcome to Star Wars Action News, your source for Star Wars collecting news, reviews, and convention coverage, hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. Helping Star Wars collectors collect better. Covering the whole galaxy of Star Wars toys. Hello again and welcome to Star Wars Action News. This is episode 504 and this is Marjorie. Twice in one week. Wow, this is Arnie. We got a lot to say because, hey, it's San Diego Comic-Con week. We are actually on our way to Comic-Con right now. You're probably listening to this while we're on a plane and flying somewhere over the Midwest or perhaps somewhere over the West. Maybe I'm in Phoenix. I don't know. San Diego bound. It's going to be a totally different kind of San Diego Comic-Con. We're going to talk all about it. This show is going to be all San Diego Comic-Con, except we have Brock joining us for a book review. And we're going to do that right here at the top. Here is Brock reviewing the novelization of The Last Jedi. It's quite a bit expanded from the film. Is it better for that? Is it worse? Here's Brock with the full review. Hello, everyone. This is Brock, Star Wars Action News Book Club liaison with a spoiler-free as possible review of Star Wars The Last Jedi Expanded Edition novelization by Jason Fry and Star Wars The Last Jedi Junior Novel by Michael Kogi. I've never heard of a novelization of a movie coming out three months after the movie is released, but The Last Jedi novelization, both the adult version by Jason Fry and the junior novelization by Michael Kogi, were released right around the time when the movie was released on home video formats, uh, right around the time the digital version came out before the Blu-ray and the DVD was released a few weeks later. I can understand the novelization coming out the week or the day of the movie's release because you want to prevent spoilers from getting out there. I know in the back of my head somewhere, I think The Phantom Menace came out maybe a month before the movie came out. And then, of course, the original Star Wars novel that was released in 1976 was released a full year before the movie, but that was to get interest in the property. But to have it three months after the fact head scratcher and i really don't understand why in the case of the rogue one novelization that came out when the movie came out there was massive reshoots as we all know they reconfigured the end of that movie but the book pretty much followed that very closely so they were able to get that novelization out on time here Perhaps this is why they're calling it this expanded edition. Perhaps this is why Ryan Johnson, the director of the movie, did promotion for the novelization, talking about how excited he was that there were scenes and things he had to cut out of the movie in this book. But as you and I both know, and you can hear in my reviews on SWActionNews.com and previous novelizations that I reviewed for our show, the whole point of reading a novelization to me is those tidbits, things that you don't get in the movie, little extras, or as likely is the case, because the novelizations are based on previous versions of the screenplay before they edit it, before they changes on the set, that we get these extra parts in the novel that you don't get on the screen. In the case of The Last Jedi, if you've seen the deleted scenes, a lot of what is in the expanded edition novelization, in both versions, by the way, in the junior novelization and the adult novelization, are on those deleted scenes. Especially, most notably, is the scene where Rey goes to save the caretakers in Octo when Luke tricks her into doing that. It's a great scene on the DVD, Blu-ray, digital. You have to see that deleted scene for sure, and it reads really well in the novelization. Like the movie The Last Jedi, which to me came across like a classic Star Wars EU novel, which is probably why I liked it more than many other longtime Star Wars fans, the novel reads like a Star Wars EU novel. It has the classic characters that you come for, 
but there is a great focus on the newer characters. And what I mean by this, for those who haven't read a lot of Star Wars EU, back in the days when they had what were now called Legacy, you have, and, and to a certain extent in the Aftermath trilogy as well, you have the author has to use the known characters, but spends a lot of time on characters they've created themselves. You know most of them aren't going to survive the book. If it's a trilogy, you know that most likely a lot of them aren't going to survive the trilogy of books. And in this case, the new characters are the main focus, and the classic characters are not. The characterizations of Luke and Leia disagree with some people in the movie, but again, I'm used to different characterizations of these guys based on all these books I've read, so for me, it didn't bother me that much. So let's get into these tidbits I keep talking about. Many of you may have heard about this, and the scene that starts off the book, the extended edition novelization by Jason Fry, is Luke dreaming he's back on Tatooine, married to Cammy, who is in the deleted scene from Star Wars A New Hope, and not a Jedi. It is a wonderfully great sequence. It ties in beautifully to Luke's arc and the rest of the story. Right after that, you get a scene where Leia talks to the Resistance, and she's in mourning of Han Solo. It's kind of like a funeral scene for Han Solo. There's a bit of that later on with Luke and when he realizes that Han has passed away. And it also the book explains something the movie didn't do a good job of, why Leia's wearing black for the first half of the movie. She's in mourning. Now, it may be obvious to some of you, but... I didn't get it the first time I watched the movie. So it starts off by gangbusters with these new scenes that I really enjoyed that really fit into the character arcs. And then right after that, we get a scene with Paige and Rose. Now, Paige is the sister who dies in the beginning of the movie. That relationship is explored wonderfully in Cobalt Squadron, which I reviewed on a previous episode of Star Wars Action News, which you can find in the archives section at SWActionNews.com. So here, it was sort of redundant to me, but I understand why they put it in. That pretty much does it for me with the expanded edition stuff that is really notable. There is a scene with Snoke later on in the book that goes into his headspace, but it's not what you want. And when I say what you want, is it's not the backstory of how his face got scarred or who this guy is or where he came from. A lot of it is covered, or actually I should say rehashing or retelling or just blatantly telling the story of Snoke that some of you may not have read in previous books like the Aftermath trilogy and Star Wars Battlefront 2 Inferno Squad. These items are mentioned there, here and there in piecemeal, and so it's kind of condensed. That's the word I was looking for about two seconds ago. It's condensed here in this novel for those who may not have read that. The novelization reads well. Jason Fry, who I know from the Star Wars Essential Atlas and other reference books, I haven't really read anything he's done with novelization or short story-wise in Star Wars. But if you think about it, a lot of the stuff he writes in the Essential Atlas and books like that, the Essential Warfare, that stuff is all fiction, right? So, of course, he creates prose for Star Wars and knows how to do it. And he tells a story pretty well here. I was very happy with how he turned a phrase. I was very happily surprised on how the character arcs for Poe, and especially Finn, really worked out well in the novel. People complained about the Canto Bite sequence, for example. We all know it's a little too long in the movie. Here it flies by in the books, both versions, and it really does supplement how great that scene is and how necessary those scenes are to Poe, more than Finn and Rose falling in love, which is more inferenced here in the novel especially Rose's crush on Finn. The young adult novelization has the story on, like, fast-forward. It doesn't really extend itself very much. It does have the extra scenes, and it does not have the dream sequence, does not have the Leia scene with the resistance I mentioned. But it does tell the story faster. The scenes, the Skype four skulls between Rey and Kylo Ren, those really work well, especially in the audio versions. 
So overall, these novelizations are worthy, and you should definitely try to check them out. If you want to go for the audio versions instead of reading the books, I highly recommend you stick with the young adult version. The reader of it is Jessica Almacy, and she does a great job with the characterizations, the vocal changes for all the characters. Whereas Mark Thompson, who reads the novelization expanded edition, the adult version by Jason Fry, for whatever reason, and I liked his work in the past, but here I, I just didn't like the way he characterized Leia, his actual voice for Leia, and for Ray, I just didn't buy. It took me out every time he spoke, and I didn't find the different character voices for Ray and Finn, or even Phasma, they didn't sound all that different. Of course, Kylo Ren did sound different, with the mask on, especially in Snoke. They did some filtering there, but Jessica L. Macy really did a great job with that, so I highly advise, if you're in a car, you're looking for that sort of thing, that is the version to go for. Star Wars Last Jedi novelizations, I think they're making much ado about what you expect in a novelization. The extra stuff is great. The story works better in novelization form, in my opinion, than in the movie. I think you all can do yourselves a favor and read one, if not both, of these versions. Again, I would focus on the audio version of the young adult, but if you want to read and not listen to it, I would lean more towards the Jason Fry version. So I recommend both for these novelizations. Check them out when you can. I'll be back with a review of the Han Solo movie tie-in, which is called The Last Shot. Thank you, Brock. Great to hear from you again. But now let's get to the topic of today, Comic-Con. Just to remind you, we're going to be bringing you live coverage from San Diego Comic-Con all weekend long. We're going to be bringing you live booth tours. We're going to be bringing you updates from the Star Wars Hasbro panel and the Star Wars collecting panels. We're going to be bringing you photos of new toys. Follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter to get all the updates because we are going to try to bring you the coverage that makes you feel like you're there without the Dr. Shoals. <laughs> yes. Now, if you wanted the full San Diego experience, first of all, let me tell you, you need to subsist on a steady diet of really awful hot dogs. Unfortunately, you can no longer get pretzel dogs. Yeah, I'm still mad about that. But apparently this year they have fish tacos at the San Diego Convention Center. Ooh, rancid fish. Yum. Well, you're on the coast. I'm sure it's better than fish tacos. It is better than fish tacos in Illinois. A bad fish taco in San Diego is better than a good fish taco in Illinois. But if you want the full San Diego experience, take your backpack, put a few pavers, some landscaping bricks in it, go stand in your driveway and move at the rate of about an inch an hour, or just walk up and down your block back and forth for a good eight hours, and then you'll get the full experience. I don't think that's the case this year. This year is the all-new San Diego Comic-Con, and the question is, is it new and improved? For example, I know for a fact... I'm not standing in Hasbro's line, or Funko's line, or Lego line, or Mondo line. Well, let's explain. Have you heard about the lonesome loser? He's a loser in all the San Diego Comic-Con lotteries. Yes, um, I don't know that song, but we'll continue. Oh, big 70s hit. Oh, okay. This year, San Diego Comic-Con instituted a lottery system for various vendors hasbro being the big one so preview night thursday and friday 
were lottery only. Now you could go in, I think you had like just over a week, maybe 10 days to go in and pick what time slots and what days worked for you. It's not a guarantee that you can buy the merchandise. It's a guarantee that you're going to be able to get in the line. Well, you can buy some merchandise. The key is if you got a morning slot, you're much more likely to get something than an afternoon slot. Yes. Funko has been doing this for a few years for New York Comic Con and it works. I mean, there's a little bit of pressure off so you don't have to run in there and get in the line. Funko used to be you had to get in the line and race. And even if you were in the line, it was still very small numbers of what they had of a lot of the stuff. And I mean, I've been in the line first thing on preview night and been really close to the front, maybe like one turn of the cattle rows and still not able to get every single thing that I need. So it's interesting that this has been instituted for Funko Hasbro, a company called UCC that's doing a bunch of plushes, which I don't know if those are going to be a big thing. Listen, it's not my fandom, but when I was going through and looking at it, it did feel like one of these things is not like the others. Yeah, it was kind of different. They also did all, well, not all. Okay, they did a good portion of the autograph signings at booths via the lottery. Because previously what you'd have to do is some people get in line the day before and wait all day to get in the line to start the next day's line. You'd have to get in, go up to the sales pavilion, so up on the second floor, and then wait in another line where you sometimes would pull a number out of a hat to find out if you got a signing or not, or just be lucky enough that they would just go down the road and hand everybody a ticket. So they did that with a number of signings as well. Mostly Warner Brothers, it seemed, and I think some of the Fox signings. I I wish Marvel had gotten in on that. Marvel is a tough one because you have to get a ticket right when they open in the morning, but it is usually filled up with the exhibitors before you can even get there. The exhibitors that also have the paid batches too. It's Yeah. But you know what? This year felt so much more stress-free. Now, I'm saying this knowing I lost all the lotteries, but you know what? Going there was never a guarantee. I got thinking, we have done 12 San Diego Comic-Cons. I've gotten into the Hasbro line, I believe, four times out of 12. The other times, I've always gotten the exclusives thanks to the help from friends, people who've gone up last year. I don't think we got in the Hasbro line last year. I didn't. You might have on Friday, Marjorie. I did on Friday. Preview night was a bust. Um, And let me give you, I mean, we've talked about it. Yeah, but... Barrett on preview night was able to get me a Thrawn and able to get me the Marvel Legends and things. And so I get by with a little help from my friends. So it's not like my odds were worse with a lotto. No. And honestly, preview night is always rough to try to get in the Hasbro line. Me and Justin kind of partner up and try to get in because two are better than one. And quite often, it turns into a melee. I have seen punches thrown. I've been hit. I've been pushed. I've been shoved. I saw a lady almost knocked out of a rascal over the line. Like, they were people were physically pushing, trying to move the rascal out of the way so they could get to the line. And she's falling out of it because they're tipping it over. So I'm kind of okay with this because I believe in people, first of all. And I believe that a lot of us have built a great network of friends and collectors who will help each other out because... You know, Comic-Con, I can't promise I can bring anything home for anybody, but if you're there, we can tag team and knock out a few things together and be each other's line proxies and we can work together. So 
maybe I'm a Pollyanna, but I believe in people and I think that there's a little pressure off and I think we can make it work. Yeah, I mean, I know Marvel collectors who don't want the Star Wars things and I know Star Wars collectors who don't want the Marvel things and those are the two things I grab. And maybe I'm overly optimistic too, but you know what? I'm one of those people who goes up there and is like, yes, I'm going to buy what I want or what a couple of my friends want. I'm not going to buy the stuff I don't want and then list it on eBay. It seems like a fool's game. I know some people spend their whole con doing that, but the people who just get what they want, maybe they don't want the quantity limit of everything. If it's limit two and they just want one, or if I just want one, help a friend out. Same thing with Funko. Funko has a limit one, so friends can't really help you unless they're not into your license. I was able to help somebody out last year. Yeah, I only buy really the Marvel Funko Pops. And Star Wars. And Star Wars. And I was able to get what I needed and help others out. And some people didn't want the other licenses. Like, I didn't want the Chippendale or anything like that. So I was able to pick them up for other people. And in other ways, they're able to pay back. If they're not, no big deal. I still helped out somebody. I talked about this a lot in our early days of collecting. Collecting karma. Doing help to others and just thinking karmically, they'll help you back. If I helped somebody get a Chippendale, they don't owe me. I'm not going to sit there and be like, you owe me one, man. That's not what it's about. Here's the thing. If you're nice, pay it forward. Keep going. It's just going to make you a better person. So I'm okay with this. I actually feel a lot less stressed about preview night now. I think it was a dangerous scenario. Funko's line. I remember being in one line. I think I've gotten into Funko once ever. And it was the year that there was a mob rushing. And I mean, just like the front of a mosh pit rushing. And I got the hell out of the way because I thought it was a dangerous situation. And the guy in the line looked at me, not in the mob, and said, you, you're first in line. Line starts with him. That's the only year I got in is when I was out of it. We've walked away bruised and injured from these lines. This is a better way to do it because I'm sure there's going to be people trying to sneak their way in on preview night. People Uh who didn't pay attention and don't know about the raffles and whatnot, the lottery system, but... I think this is how it should be done. I also think they should make enough to, you know, meet demand at the convention, but that's another story. I agree. I I kind of feel that it's often under-released, produced, what have you, at events like this. I'm okay with it being an exclusive. I know some people are like, no, you can't have exclusives. It's unfair. I kind of like the exclusives, and I kind of like sometimes being able to put in the work for them, but... It was becoming dangerous at San Diego. The last few years have been really awful. Even when it's not preview night around the Hasbro Toy Shop booth, you're liable to get pushed, shoved, punched. And I will tell you around the Funko booth last year, it was pretty bad. I had bought my stuff. And you know, Funko gives you those giant bags that you could smuggle humans in. And I'm carrying it, which it's kind of awkward because with the straps, the bag is almost as tall as me. And I was, I stopped for a second just outside the booth. I walked out the little cattle row set the bag down real quick to rearrange it to make it so I could carry it better and the security guards came and screamed at me that I had to keep moving and I'm like well where can I do this you can't do it here where tell me where I'll go it was like because this is gonna make me fall and they just kept screaming at me so it's gotten to be a bad situation I think with people trying to get people to buy things for them or trying to take things I know people have put stuff down and turned around and it's been gone so 
this is, I think someone had like money taken out of their hand last year, didn't they? Yes, somebody had a $100 bill stolen from them in the Hasbro line because they were in the line and somebody, they were like on the outside and getting their money ready and somebody walking not in it snatched a $100 bill and ran. Yeah, so be careful out there, guys. And I'm okay with this. Yeah, and Funko, fortunately, every Star Wars pop this year is shared. None are exclusive to the convention. You can follow the partner sites. It's usually Wednesday night. I'm going to say Funko Pop Hunters are my savior when it comes to Funkos. I have an alert every time they tweet. My phone gets a text message because they always know somehow they have some voodoo to know the second everything goes online. They do, and they're phenomenal. And... Yeah, I'm going to have to hit eBay for a couple of things. There's some Legos I wanted. I'm going to have to hit eBay. And there's a Funko that's only at the show. Probably going to have to hit eBay. But I still think that it's better than the race against all the exhibitors there who are just hovering around. Because really, on preview night, you don't get in the line without an exhibitor pass of some sort. No, in a few years, Hasbro has been... Moving the line. Like, they'll tell you it's one spot, another person will tell you it's another spot, and then they'll randomly just pick one of the lines and make that the line. So it's hard to tell. It really is. I think that this is going to be a viable solution. It may be the way exclusives are heading. I think that it's better. I really do. I wish other conventions would do this. It just feels more fair because it's not the booth doing it anymore. It's now the convention doing it. My only comment about the fairness is I have seen a number of people who have zero interest in either the Hasbro or the Funko exclusives state as such and then offer to sell it at a higher price, the exclusives. So if you're doing this to make money, I don't respect you and I probably never will. Yeah, again, it goes back to collecting karma. And I can't think of anything I've ever bought with the intent of flipping. I just buy for me and when I can for a friend. So yeah, it's going to be very different. Also, the convention center itself, I think, is going to be less crowded. Yeah, I'm actually kind of excited about this. The last two years, they've implemented a RFID system in the badges. So you had to tap in and tap out just like work. So those of you who are corporate drones, it's probably the very same. This year, they're moving it further out to the exterior of the convention center. So you're going to have to tap in and tap out. You will not be allowed on the convention center property without a badge. Or if you're going to pick up your badge, you need the printout to go get your badge. And I will tell you, this is a glorious thing because when they instituted this in the lobby where you had to have a badge to get in the lobby, it suddenly became less crowded. You could move around. You could walk around. You weren't stuck in a horde of people. It was beautiful. So I'm really looking forward to be able to walk on the sidewalk and not have a little bit of panic about how many people are around me. I am a little bit disappointed. No Star Wars presence in Hall H this year. No, I mean, Lucasfilm will be on the floor as they always are in probably their little bazaar with Jack's Pacific and her universe and Loungefly and... Actually, Arnie, Jack's Pacific hasn't put out anything Star Wars for a while. And in fact, we saw them at Toy Fair and they said they didn't have anything. To show. Yes. And... Um, you know, I collect those Marvel Tsum Tsums, and they've been pretty dry on those, but they are having a Marvel exclusive Tsum Tsum set. So it's been kind of a little bit downplayed for them, I think, with those big licenses for some reason. But they're not in the Lucasfilm Pavilion. They're all the way in the back of the hall, facing a staircase. 
You're right. Their only San Diego Comic-Con exclusives are Marvel Zoom Zooms and Nightmare Before Christmas Zoom Zooms. So no exclusive big fig. When it comes to the big figs, I have to say, there's not one I've not seen marked off eventually. They've never been, with the exception of the exclusives, hard to find. I know that one year I tried to get one at San Diego for the Shadow Trooper. That was a lost cause. People were just crazy over it. But I picked up Greedo, I think, for $12 or something on Amazon. <laughs> it was cheap. Yeah, they usually go on deep discount, so... They were still all over Toys R Us when Toys R Us was at the 50% off mark. I kind of picked up a couple. I'm like, Marjorie, do I need a four-foot Vader? You didn't go for it. I don't think you need a four-foot Vader, but... It's in that uncanny valley where it's too short to be a real Vader, but too tall to be a toy. Yeah, Let's go through the San Diego Comic-Con exclusives that are going to be there and kind of just how we rank them. We're going to save Hasbro for last because... We're going to give you an in-hand review of the Hasbro Star Wars exclusives from Comic-Con. We have a box of them and I am super excited to talk about the little Porg and the Porg family. Yeah, I want to just thank our friends, our very dear friends at Hasbro because I... I was serene that I had lost that lotto before, but then Hasbro sent us some sets to review, which we will be doing this show, and it means my morning with HasbroToyShop.com will be less stressful. We'll talk about him later, too. (laughs) Sorry. So at the IDW booth, they are going to have an exclusive Star Wars comic variant cover. They've got actually a number of variant covers. They've got Star Wars Adventures limited to 500 copies. It's got a Han and Chewie story and a Lando story. Now, DKE, which makes some really fun bootleggy type figures, they're going to have a bunch of stuff. Really cool stuff by artists so it's not mass-produced stuff and they're usually severely limited so the first thing that i'm actually going to go pick up is a baby fuzzball by flat bonnie and she's got some really fun stuff including little stuff bunny poop on her website that's super cool but she's got a chewbacca which is the baby fuzzball there's only 100 of them and they're 20 dollars. she's also got some bunny walk wall art 10 of them are only made, and they're $100. There's a Weekend Dad Trooper. It's a three and three quarter inch figure. It's I like it. It's really cool. 50, Je- it's jeans and a wife beater shirt. $55, and there are 25 of those in the world. There's a Jumbo Art Trooper Andy, 12 inch figure, 15 of those for 165 Now, here's one I really, there's only 40 of them. It's $65. I'm a little bit hemming and hawing, but a no toys for us. It's like a beat up mean Jeffrey Giraffe. His face looks more like Bebop from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with the warthog tusks, but has a we will work for toys sign. And that's just with the Toys R Us out of business. The card it's on is horizontal and a Toys R Us that's out of business. It's just that is truly a souvenir of 2018. Yes. 
There's also a worst gift ever, 21B, 40 of those, and there's $45. This one I really like because I think it looks kind of fun. Ewokalypse Now figure, 30 of them, $55. And they've got a ton of stuff. Even if you don't buy, it's always worth going to look and get see some cool ideas and just respect that the work that we're put into these. Yeah, I love Ewokpocalypse Now or Ewokalypse Now, I guess it is a Ewok as Marlon Brando. Now, Toink, who have three booths across Comic-Con, so they've got one all the way down in 815, and then they've got some in the really higher numbers. They've got a new plush line called Super Blitz, and they are going to have some exclusives there for those. They've got Lando, Chewie, Chewie with goggles, Kira, and Han, and those are all $10, and they're all limited to 2,000 pieces. I got to say, when I was looking at these, I'm like, okay, Chewbacca, Chewbacca with gondols, Lando, Han. And then I scrolled down, and we're like, wait, the, what I thought was Han was Kira. <laughs> oh, that's the one I thought was Han, too. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so I'm going to pass on these. You know, I do the Funko stuff. I've done a lot of the Funko plushes and things. I did the... What were they called? The Greedo Big Head Funko item? That's what these actually kind of look like. The, were they Funimations or something? Fabrications. Fabrications, Funko yes. Fabrications. That's what these kind of look like. They've got a giant head and then a little tiny body. Now, they don't have, like, hair. Well, Chewbacca's got a little bit of, like, fuzzy, but the hair is sculpted felt. I don't know. I, I'm going to pass on these, but if they're your thing... Hey, this is what makes us different and get along. They've also got some Star Wars movie poster pins. And they're kind of cool. I like that they're the three posters. What's weird to me is they've changed the logo. Maybe so it shows up better on a pin, but they've got really yellow coloring around Star Wars and silver around Empire Strikes Back, red around Return of the Jedi, making it not exactly accurate to the posters. Yeah, and it's hard to tell what size these are, too. I mean, are these, like, business card size? I'm not really sure. They kind of are puzzling. But a 1000 made, so if they're your thing, get them. Now, you talked about bootleg figures. Super 7, who used to do some Star Wars stuff. You remember they did the Jumbo Stormtrooper and Jumbo Boba Fett with the firing fists, and then Funko took that over from them. And... They've done a lot of Star Wars t-shirts years past, but this year, the one thing that they've really been known for in the toy line is the reaction line of figures, which again, Funko took over for a period, but they've got back where it started with the Alien line. Bit of history, Kenner was supposed to do a line of action figures for Alien, and they never got released because that was a hard R film that they thought these figures wouldn't go well for. They did release the giant alien. My friend Stuart had it. So it was really cool and scary, but they never released the three and three quarter figures. And so using those molds, Super 7 got them and made those lines. Well, for San Diego Comic-Con, they have the Xenomorph from Alien carded, painted like Hammerhead from the Vintage series. The alien is all brown and then... The torso is all blue, just like the classic Hammerhead. He comes with a silver coin on the card. And the thing I like about this that makes me want it a bit more than the DKE stuff, it's $15. Yeah, but it's mass produced. So, I mean, you're really getting a collectible by going to DKE. And if that's your thing, I'd I run there. I'm not dissing DKE. Okay. I'm just saying 
if they had a mass-produced dad trooper for $15, $15 I'll spend on a joke. You know what I'm saying? $65 is outside of my price range for a joke. I really, really wanted the DKE Burns Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru figures, (laughs) but they just were outside the price. This, yeah, it's not handcrafted, not nearly as limited, but it's priced right for me. So I think I'll be picking it up. It's a great goof. And I really like what they've done some of the other things with the reaction figures with the like the monsters and they've got the head card backs. Nightmare to worry about not bending, but super cool. Now, Entertainment Earth, you can get the Java's Palace backpack and pencil case from Loungefly. It's $45, but you can also pre-order it online. If it doesn't sell out, you get it after the con. That's kind of cool. Do you like it? I'm on the fence on it. I really have a bad problem with Loungefly. I like their purses and totes better than the backpacks. I don't use a backpack that often. Except at cons. Yes. My thing is, I like it. But I think it's a little bit of busy art. It's almost a Where's Waldo. Java's very easily seen, but there's just a lot of characters in Mm -hmm. there. On the plus side, your favorite character is in there. On the minus side, it's not going to be well featured in there. It looks like Bosk's head got cut off in the fold. Yeah, so I don't know. There's another lounge fly item I've got my eyes on. And if anybody who knows me, we'll be able to figure it out before we get to it. But now Lego has a Millennium Falcon cockpit set for $40. Their stuff was always a premium. I think that looks pretty cool. Here's the thing with Lego, though. They're really betting heavy on Millennium Falcon with that $800 Millennium Falcon set. And now we're getting just the cockpit here with young Han Solo and Chewbacca. You had to win the lotto to get this. What I love about it is the box. It's like cartoony Lego art where Han Chewbacca's roaring and Han says, you've got a bad feeling about this. I've got a bad feeling about this. And just the spot, what do they call that? The spot art, like old comic books. The downside is that Chewbacca minifigure is something horrific to behold. I guess it's it's when you take a tiny minifigure and blow it up in photo, but the brown hair on the face is really looking like he's got a little bit of mange. Chewbacca can be really easy to get right and really easy to get wrong, unfortunately. It's the fur that I think throws things off, but eh, he kind of looks like old man Chewbacca. Actually, the photo kind of makes it look like he's frothing at the mouth. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to go with a bad production still. Now, if you've been following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know about the Hot Toys exclusive. It's Anakin Skywalker Dark Side, which before Disney bought Lucasfilm was called Darth Vader. But, (laughs) I mean, it was a little confusing. If you think Darth Vader, you think the guy in the cape and the mask, even though there was that, what, 45 minutes of episode three where Darth Vader was Anakin. He was Darth Vader, yes. And he is Darth Vader. It's not Dark Side Annie. Well, it's Anakin with Sith eyes. When he became Darth Vader. And he has a light-up lightsaber. And a light-up Mustafar panning droid diorama figure base. So you can pose him like when he was balancing on that poor droid. Could you imagine a droid? You're just going about your day doing your droid business. And somebody jumps on your head and starts fighting. Not what you expect. But it will be available at the con. Sideshow did make them available for order to pick up at the con. And it is now available for shipment. So you can go to Sideshow's site and order your dark side Anakin. 
Now, Think Geek has an exclusive solo print by Russell Walks. It's $35. Um, I'm also picking up another piece of art from Russell. He made a really cool Freddie Mercury print. And I know some people have picked up some of his other stuff at other conventions and highly recommend him. So if you get a chance, he does have a booth. Get it, go look at his stuff. I really do like this print. It's 24 by 36, which is your standard movie poster size. Easy to get frames for, but very large. It's got the Falcon before the escape pod was jettisoned flying away from the space octopus. I don't know. It's just got uh, the way it streaks and everything. It's got a real classy look to it. This would have been a much better poster for the movie than the posters they put in the movie. That's true. It is a much better poster for the movie than anything I've seen thus far. So it is nice. I like the ambience of it. It's got a nice aesthetic. So now Funko has some Star Wars exclusives that are pretty cool, but a bit of a low number this year. One is Cad Bane, who's a character I really came to appreciate over the run of the Clone Wars. If you're not going to the con or didn't win the lotto, he's going to be shared with Hot Topic. And that's pretty easy to get online. Stores are hit or miss. Then there's the Imperial Stormtrooper from Solo, the one with the black jowls on his mask. But he's going to be shared and has already actually gone up for sale and sold out once. But according to Funko Pop Hunters, probably going to come back in stock closer to the con with Amazon. And that's it for Funko. They're going light on Star Wars this year. Now, BioWorld is also going to be in the Lucasfilm Pavilion. And they've got quite a bit exclusive. They've got an ADAP backpack and chain wallet as well as a hat. Also known as an AT-AT backpack. Okay. Some people get finicky about that thing. I like ADAT myself. I wish I had so little to worry about as that. <laughs> They've also got a Han Solo backpack. Now, this one's interesting because it's the Hoth backpack. So it's quilted. And sorry to say, guys, it is navy blue. Of course it is. That's what the vintage figure was. I understand, but there's a whole... Before I know, we had I the know. Before we had the dress, we had Han's coat. Again, there's a let's see, there's a backpack, a hat, and a lanyard, a hand, a lanyard with a little blaster on it, and then they've got a Han Solo handbag set. So it, it sticks with the color theme, the brown and the blue, which I actually kind of like. But I wish it didn't have the rebel symbol on it. It's a really cute purse without that rebel symbol. I wish it was more subtle and more design like. You know what I mean? I like it, but. I like Flava Flav-like statements. Yeah, it's, I guess I was looking for something more subtle. I especially like it on the billfold. It works on the billfold, but on the handbag, I'm kind of a little reserved on it. Now, they've also got... it. It's no different than the big Coach C that they put on their purses with the aluminum-looking or chrome emblem, only this is a rebel symbol. Actually, they don't do that, but okay. Is it Gucci then that does it with the G? Gucci does it, part of it, yeah. Okay, it's not much different here. It is a little more subtle. You're also buying a freaking Gucci. (laughs) You're not buying a $50 handbag. They've also got what they call coaches jackets. Now, if you were alive in the 70s and 80s, they're windbreakers, okay? (laughs) And it looks like they're screen printed. Yep, they're screen printed. They've got an indoor scout one and they've got an indoor commando one i like the scout one because it looks metallic now it may not look metallic in person they could have just done a gradient but 
in the photo, it looks metallic. It does look metallic. Now, I will warn you that the print on these type of jackets does wear pretty easily. But it's a windbreaker, so you're not going to wash it that much. That's correct, yes. Or if you do, you do it gently. You never iron them. Now, over at Bluefin's booth, they're continuing their line of 172nd scale Star Wars ship models. It's a gorgeous line. I absolutely love it. Every time I go and at Toy Fair, I found myself just drooling over the breadth of ships they have. This has a B-Wing that you can display horizontally or vertically. It's got a pilot in it, an LED light-up engine, and it's only $58. And if I had any talent or time to build and paint a model, I would be all over this line. However, mine would end up looking like a kindergarten coloring experiment. <laughs> I don't like to paint intricate details like that, but they do make good stuff and you've never ever been upset with anything you got from Bluefin. No, I am going to look at it, but I just don't have the talent to make it the way it deserves to be made, the way it is in their photographs. Now, Gentle Giant has a number of exclusives, as always. They're in an interesting place, aren't they? Yeah, there are some different things going on. They're still bringing back their jumbo figures. They've got a minibus or two, but they've also partnered with less Left Coast Graphics, which make really awesome vintage figure design things pins, t-shirts, whatever, and they're going to start selling the Left Coast Graphics pins. And that's a tongue twister for me. I don't know why I can't say Left Coast. And what I found interesting when we saw them at Toy Fair was Gentle Giant seemed to be going far more into the consumer marketplace, competing to go in the Walmart toy aisle or the Walgreens toy aisle specifically, the way they did with their Secret Wars Marvel figures, how those were all over Walgreens. It feels like they're trying to get more stuff in that price point and less stuff in the really gorgeous statues and maquettes area. Well, I also think that area of Target where they've got like the Funkos and things like that and the reaction figures, that this is kind of a shoe win for that. And then looking at there's Think Geek stores now and Hot Topic stores and Game Stops. So it makes sense that they would have something that would do well in retail. That's an impulse item. And I was really excited to see these at Toy Fair. I'm a little disappointed in the price of the blind box ones. I think for blind box, it's way too expensive. They've got a set of five blind box figures, pins, and you get the ones you know about are Vader, Stormtrooper, Smallhead Han Solo, Chewbacca, and then there's a mystery chase character. So... If you're a Premier Guild member, you can buy the whole set for $100. So that's like $20 a, f a pin. Uh-huh. That's as much as a Black Series figure. Maybe a little less. It's uh, in the price range. Price range, yeah. You're spitting distance of a Black Series figure. I really think, like, impulse items are 10 and below in this current market. And $100? First of all, I hope they're priced less at the convention because I would be loath to buy a bunch of these to get that mystery chase because of the price. Yeah, when they did the mystery chase on the Marvel little minifigures, I bought like eight packs, but they were like $5. Yeah, and I remember going, that's one of my fun things about Comic-Con or any convention, is you bought me a bunch of those and we went to dinner that night and I sat there while we waited for everyone else to show up and I got to open all my pins and I had so much fun. It also didn't cost me an arm and a leg. So I'm, 
a little leery about this, and I hope that maybe this is just the pricing for maybe San Diego Comic-Con exclusive. I don't know. But the other set where you get the Cantina Adventure pin set in the nice little box, the vintage style box, that's $24. So I, they look like they're about the same size. So I'm really kind of confused by the pricing structure on this. And I really hope that the $100 is just for the whole set and it's cheaper to buy them separately. But still, unless they're under 10, you're pricing a lot of people out of that. The difference is size. The $100 set are three and three quarter inch pins. They're scaled just like the action figures. The rest of them are only one and three quarter inch pins. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. It was hard to tell on the pictures that they published and there weren't any specs that I could find. Shout out to Yoda's News for doing the deep dig on this one. Yay, Yoda's News. But I'm not going to buy a four inch pin (laughs) when I could buy a six inch articulated figure. That's me. There are some people who are pin crazy. We saw it at all the celebrations with the Disney pin trading program. I think Gentle Giant's trying to get in on that, but four inch pins? I mean, that sounds like a linchpin to me. Ha! I mean, they're clearly for displayer collecting. They're not going to be, I mean, they show them on a backpack, but I will tell you, I've carried a four inch Jar Jar in my backpack for years now, and it is kind of big, but that's okay. But I wouldn't want a whole bunch of them on there. And he does have mobility. But, I mean, it's not something they're going to put on your jean jacket, I don't think. I might. And then if you bend over, you're slicing your chest up? I, I mean, was thinking on the back of the jean jacket in a row. So then what about the pinbacks? Well, I imagine that they hook, you know, like most buttons. Yeah, but there's usually the little pinback. How are you going to get the pin? So you've got a, that little, like an earring back that goes on the pin? Uh-huh. Yeah, you just, it'll be poking into my back. Okay. Sounds mighty uncomfortable. But when I said Gentle Giants in an interesting space, I also meant the vibe I'm getting from the Star Wars collectors I know is general dissatisfaction with Gentle Giants customer service anymore. So many people, myself included, have no longer been joining the Premier Guild. Last year was the first year I skipped when they started that multi-tiered pricing structure. I knew a lot of people who still got in last year who are skipping this year. They still hadn't shipped some of the busts from last year's Premier Guild when they were asking you to sign up to this year's Premier Guild. And we've talked about the price of this stuff. The mini busts have just gotten so expensive. And I have always gotten the Macquarie mini bust that they've done at San Diego Comic-Con. But this year, they're doing a Yoda a much smaller mini bust, a mini mini bust. It's not got any accessories, it's not got any replaceable parts, and it's a hundred dollars. That's a little bit much. It's just making me wonder do I continue that line? I mean, they also are doing a Jedi Luke mini bust. Now, he does have a light up saber, but a hundred and twenty dollars. I know prices have changed, inflation's happened, yada yada yada, but. The minibus line was a wonderful line when it premiered for $45. And that's, you got some interchangeable arms for $55. Yeah, I kind of feel like the heyday of these is a little bit gone because the price is so up. And there's only so much room in the higher end collectible market, which I think these are going into. And people are going to start choosing with their money. I mean, what's happened, what we talked about in the last show is first generation fans that are collectors, 
you know, it was great when, you know, we we're getting started out in our life, had our first jobs with disposable income and things like that. Then families happened. And now some of us, of us that are older than us are looking at retirement and you start to think about things like that. And what really puts in perspective for me, how much is a hot toy? About 225. So I could get a really super awesome hot toy or I could get too many bus. Yeah. It's funny because they're both one six scale. So you get half a hot toy that's not posable or you get a whole hot toy. So it's really at a fulcrum. They're only making 750 of the Macquarie Yoda. I'll tell you, it's going to come down to convenience for me. If I can walk up and get it, I'll get it because I have all the others. And I, uh, the other thing is the Macquarie Yoda does not feel as iconic of a design to me as all the Macquarie stuff from A New Hope, which was the pre-release material and the Macquarie Vader was on the novelization and all of that. The Macquarie Yoda, I love that Macquarie did some of the concept art for Empire Strikes Back, but... I just don't feel it as much on this one. He's a little wrinkly. He's a little impish, elfly like I'm certainly not getting the Jedi Luke. I have a Jedi Luke mini bust. I like it a lot. I paid, I think, 60 bucks for it. I don't need the light-up saber for double the price. And I'm interested to see what they have on display in their booth. Usually, they have a couple big statues. I haven't really seen them come out with a lot of those recently, but... They sometimes have some vehicle maquettes out there. I'm just wondering where it's all going to end up. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to watch. So we'll keep a definite eye on them. I I need that Cantina Adventure pin set, though, with the Greedo. Okay, yes, we know that. I've already known this. So as soon as I saw it, I'm like, okay, that's on our list. And you need the Porg pin. I do need the Porg pin. So if anybody's interested in the rest of the pins, maybe we can do some trades, but... Not interested in the rest. I just want that porg. I want multiple porgs, not going to lie. And speaking of companies going into areas, you're going someplace I just can't follow. Hallmark. No, you're kind of doing a little bit there. Now, they're going to have a set of two ornaments. It's Lando and Lobot. Which I'm excited for beyond compare. The thought of having Lobot grace my Christmas tree is just bringing me waves of joy. It is rather exciting, yes. They've also got an itty-bitty Boba Fett on the card back, which I kind of like them on the card back. It's kind of cool, I think. If anyone has any suggestions how to store slash display these card backs without ruining them, I would love to hear from you because we have a number of these now, and they're literally just sitting in my study because I don't want to damage them, and I don't know what to do. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what to do with them either. Um, this Boba Fett looks slightly different than the other itty bitties. He doesn't look like he's like the velvety touch. He looks more of a smooth fabric. So it'll be interesting to see him in his package and verify that's what it is. And they just put up for order and I ordered online an R2-D2 that also looks like this. Yeah. So I wonder if they're doing a little bit different with these. I can't wait to talk to Christine and find out, but I actually like the look of those. Yeah, no, no, I like them. They've also got a perpetual calendar that's a golden variant of BB-8. I saw this in the Hallmark store. You know, we just had the Hallmark ornament premiere weekend, so we went and got all the Star Wars ornaments, and I saw the regular version of this, which is, it looks kind of like a pewter or, you know, some kind of brushed metal, not gold, and it's not huge from the picture online i expected this thing to be like six inches tall or 
eight inches tall. It's probably about three inches tall with, you know, the numbers in them, kind of like dice from a board game. Now, where they're going that I'm not quite sure I can follow, and maybe just because I think this doesn't always work for every single character, is they have a line called Pixelate. That's P-X-L-8. And I don't know how I feel about these. I think it works great for things like Mario items or Luigi. If it was a video game. Yes. I love that NECA did a Jason in the colors from his Nintendo game. Now, there have been many, many Star Wars video games, but none with pixelated sprites like this. You go to Super Star Wars or even the Nintendo Star Wars, they didn't look like this. This is basically, we want to Mario the entire world. Sometimes it just doesn't make sense. Funko is making pixelated DC characters. Why? Because people will buy them. (laughs) But I'm in for this exclusive because they hit me where I live. It's Bausch with Han and Carbonite. And you know my Han and Carbonite. I, I know. And I guess we'll get it for you. But if they were to make anything else other than a Greedo or possibly for you with a Porg, it would be an easy pass. Yeah. I passed on some of the other Hallmark ornaments that just came out too. Like they have started a line of heads. There's a C-3PO head. And then they did wooden figures, a C-3PO wooden figure and an R2 wooden figure. Yeah, I'm not sure. Here's the thing. I like the setup of my tree where my ornaments all look the same with the keepsake ornaments. They're the same style. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that I need to add a new line to the tree that might not match. I think they're good ornaments, but yeah, you're right. We're just so deep into the keepsake area. And they're keepsakes. They have the keepsake branding, but they're just a totally different style. I'm curious how they'll take off, but... I did not get those either. And if the pixelate keepsakes start going, that'll be a pass for me. Loungefly is going to kill me. I'm not going to lie. Loungefly is going to be my first stop, I think, on Wednesday night. I thought your first stop was going to be DKE because you wanted the fuzzball. However, the Porg backpack trumps the fuzzball. It's a mini backpack and it's a Porg. It's limited to 500 some will be available at ThinkGeek. I haven't seen exactly if it's going to be on their website or if it's going to be on possibly the stores. I don't know what's going on there, but I need this Porg mini backpack. That's an awesome looking backpack. My question is, will you use it at the con? No, it's not going to be used at the con. I'm probably going to take it home and put it with my Porg National Wildlife Refuge Center. <laughs> now... My first stop at the con is going to be the Delray booth. Now, I didn't get to go to the Phoenix convention where they had a convention exclusive edition of the Han Solo novel. And because of that, I'm missing that. It's when only one copy showed up on eBay and it was 250 bucks. But I do not want to miss out on the convention exclusive Thrawn Alliances with this kick-ass cover. And it's signed by Timothy Zahn and... There's also an exclusive audiobook edition of this that comes on a USB drive with Thrawn on one side, Anakin on the other. It comes in a collectible tin and a numbered card. And to get them, you have to get wristbands Wednesday through Sunday when the doors open to the public. They give out wristbands. And if you want both, you have to get a wristband for each one at the Delray booth. And only a limited number per day. This has been an incredibly challenging collectible that Delray is putting forward. 
I'm hoping, Marjorie, you might be able to get one so that I could trade out there with somebody in Arizona who got an extra Han Solo and maybe wants a Thrawn. See, that's the thing. Go Helping collectors help collectors. But it's I, that's my first stop. I understand. And that, I think, if you hurry, should be doable. Should be, but there's a lot of book lovers at San Diego. It's, you know, there's always the different factions. Mm -hmm. Maybe all the, I like my old EU, I'm boycotting new canon people will mean that I can just walk right up and get one. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, follow us on Facebook, Twitter. I'll be posting updates from the Delray panel as they announce what new books might be coming up. And it's going to be an interesting time. This is the longest span we've had between movies since the new canon started. This 18 months between Solo and Episode 9. So usually there's been the, we're leading up to, and then we're tapering off from movies. Now they've got to create new types of content. I'm curious what that'll be. Now let's talk about Mattel. Mattel, I've really never needed anything before. However, this year they got me, and it's with a Porg. I just separate from that discussion, want to congratulate Mattel for having the first San Diego Comic-Con exclusive Merkin. That's not a Merkin, Arnie. It is not. <laughs> it looks like a Merkin. If you had to Google Merkin, please drop me a line on Twitter and Facebook because I'd like to know. Or actually, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you knew what a Merkin was, and please hit me up on Facebook or Twitter and let's talk. If you don't know, don't Google it at work. No. But... And I know this because my boss used the reference and I went back to my desk and Googled it and immediately had to clear my cache. But it's my boss's fault, I would have said. But it's an actual Beast Man belt of power. Or no, it's not even Beast Man. It's just the He-Man belt of power. And He-Man, I'm not going anymore. But let's talk about Star Wars. Actually, I also need the Skeletor tote bag when you go there. It's super cute. Yeah, they had a little Millennium Falcon with a Porg popping out the top, and um, I need him. It's one of the Hot Wheels battle rollers, and I haven't bought any of these for myself, but there's a lot of them in stores that have, like, Boba Fett popping out of the top of Slave One and Chewbacca coming out the top of the Falcon. But this Porg, because it's the screaming Porg that got smacked up against the windshield, like Porg on board, I love it. I love the package because there's, like, a couple of Porgs staring at the Porg in the Falcon. I'm so happy with Mattel, though, because they have the world's single best Comic-Con exclusive thing. They do, and I wish that we just collected a whole bunch of Porg stuff. We do collect a whole Wait, bunch of Porg stuff. I'm sorry. I meant, I just wish we collect more Mattel stuff because they made it so easy. I just want to go hug them all. Because it was tricky. I had to be online at the right time and get into their site, which was crashing like all sites do when they put up exclusives. But I was able to order some of these Porg battle rollers. Now, what I have to do, because it's attendee only... I have to go to their booth and show them the email that I ordered them. And then you know what they're going to do? They're going to mail them to me. I love them. They don't have to carry them through the con. I don't have to worry about damaging them. I don't have to ship them from FedEx at that $10 surcharge per box on site fee. They're going to mail them to us. We are guaranteed this collectible. We're guaranteed nothing at this con, but we're guaranteed some porks. That's pretty awesome. That is. That's really, really great. Now, Beast Kingdom, they are doing an exclusive Egg Attack Boba Fett. 
I do like the egg attack figures. I think they're fun. They're a little deformed. I think they're great. This is only $80. It's exclusive in that it's a first release here. But then it also says real metal coating finished by hand. It's limited to 140 sets at the convention. Now, because it says first release, this may be very easy to get later on. But the highly posable, stumpy figure is really, really cute. Now, Acme Archives, no character key again this year. So I'm pretty sure... That collection, I have it every single one. I have a complete character key collection. Now, what am I going to do with it? I don't know. I don't know because I framed like a good portion of them and then they quit making the frame. And so I'm like, well, crap, what do I do now? (laughs) But they always have some exclusive prints at every convention they do. This one, I think, knocked it out of the park, though. The one that I demanded you buy. And it is so beautiful. It is called Star Wars Darkness Shines. It's a variant. It's by Steve Thomas. It is very art deco Empire Strikes Back poster, and it's in like a silver palette. It's beautiful. It is... I'm in love with this poster, and I hope they... I wish they did all the movies, the original trilogy in these. And it's going to be metallic paint. And I think they have done A New Hope, and they'll probably do Return of the Jedi. They're only doing an edition of 90 five you got one i did get one when i got their email i looked at it i always look at it and the thing about acme art is i've never seen a piece i dislike or very very rarely they've got a solo escape piece from the new solo movie that's a top-down view of some tie fighters going after the falcon my god the detail in it it's just a gorgeous piece it's an 18 by 24 i love it to death but Wall space is a premium in my collection, but when I saw this metallic Empire Strikes Back, Marjorie often gets veto power. Like, if I'm on the fence but leaning towards, I send it to her and say, am I being crazy? I sent this to you, and your immediate buy response confirmed that I was right in loving this piece, especially because it's got a big haunting carbonite taking up a corner. It's beautiful. And the... AT-AT. I love how Bespin, Cloud City, is the center of it, and you've got all the ships. This will be prominently displayed. I I just, it's one of the best pieces I've ever seen Acme Archives do, in that it speaks to me. You know, I just looked, and the New Hope one is just a stunningly gorgeous. It's gold and sold out. Of course it is. So you'll have to track it down one of these days and get it for me. It is gorgeous, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Those would look amazing in our study on that one wall where I don't think I have any art. No, I've got some art that I could switch out, though. (laughs) Yeah. But it's beautiful. Fortunately, it wasn't as limited, it appears. So maybe we have a shot. And then finally, of course, the big mamma jamma when it comes to exclusives for Star Wars collectors, Hasbro. (sighs) Hasbro is part of the lottery this year. I can honestly say I don't think I know a single person personally who got a Hasbro lottery ticket. Didn't one person, you know, Facebook or something? No. Oh, you're right. I don't know anybody either who Mm -mm. got one. No. Huh. Of all the people that we know that are going, I don't know a single person that got one. Not one that I've talked to anyway. Yeah, or anybody that said it, but most people have gotten Lego or Funko that I've seen. Some people got like Lego two times. Yeah, but Hasbro, I kind of 
I asked them straight out last year at and earlier at Toy Fair, is the Forces of Destiny line gone? Because people were really afraid about finding the Luke. And I know at Target, all of them are on clearance. And Marjorie, you picked up the... The Leia's. Yeah. I picked up the Leia's. The Endor Leia with Wicket, I picked up that one. And I picked up the New Hope Leia with R2-D2. I thought those were tremendous. And I wanted them. I thought they were a little overpriced, honestly, to begin with. And they hit the sweet spot and I bought them. I really liked the sets. And we did get some from Hasbro to review, but we had Andrew's daughter review them as it's more aimed at her than it is at us. I think that it meant a lot more for Natalie to do it because one, Natalie loves her dad's hot toys. And these are like hot toys for little girls. Or are hot toys like dolls for grownups? Hmm. Hmm. Big question there. But I thought that she would have fun. And she did a great job. And you can tell that she really loves her dad and loves his hot toys. So I think it was a cute review they did together. I think so too. But I never cared for the dolls themselves. But I've often liked the accessories. You got the ones I wanted because... The Legos were okay, but I really liked the Wicked and the R2. That's exactly what I wanted. I wanted the set because I kind of felt that they go together. And, you know, I have, growing up with those movies, I have a lot of love for the original trilogy, Leia. And I think that those were perfect. I don't know what they could do for Return of the Jedi because that seems to be the set that's missing. So I've got A New Hope and Return of the Jedi. So you mean Empire? I, I mean Empire. I don't know what they could do for Empire Strikes Back. For some reason, I don't think an Ugnaught would have the same appeal. No, and no Minoc. Um, I can't think of anything that Yoda. Would. They did Yoda, but she was not with Yoda. No, but I'm saying they did a Luke and Yoda set. Yeah, but I wanted a Leia. It's a conspiracy. I'm kidding. It's not. But don't write any emails. The same thing has happened with a San Diego Comic Con Forces of Destiny set. They held back announcing this. It was one of the last they announced, and. I mean, if you told me they were doing a Forces of Destiny exclusive, I don't know that I would have believed it. If you told me I needed it, I would be even more shocked. But Marjorie wants probably as many of these as we can get. Not only do I have a talking Chewbacca doll now, he's articulated. He's really cool. The fur is tragic. He was not happy with you. Ups- don't fur shame Chewbacca. He will not have it. He kind of looks like one of the apes from Planet of the Apes, doesn't he? He looks like the Wookiee. He helped escape from Kashyyyk in Solo in that there's no fur on the face and it's just weird plastic. The problem is that they gave him a plastic face instead of a furry face. And that's why he looks like Planet of the Apes. And yet it's perfectly fine when they do that in six inch and three and three quarter but here, the rest of him's all hairy, except for the face. Sorry, his button is hidden. It's on the front of his chest, and he's got, you know, his little his little merce also. Does it open, or is it just... It's closed. It doesn't come open. It's, it's molded shut, but it does come off pretty easily. But now I've mussed his hair. He still looks like Planet of the Apes, though. <laughs> it's the plastic face that they gave him. He does need to be combed. Eh, he just likes being natural Wookiee. Yeah, and I guess it doesn't help the plan of the apes thing that they gave him not furry hands also. <laughs> this could Cornelius! Be, yeah, I mean, this could be Cornelius, perhaps if I put an outfit on him. <laughs> but let's be honest, this is not why I'm nuts about this set. No, I think if it was just a talking Chewbacca, you would have been okay not getting it. Yes, although I'm still wait- waiting for that 
Chewbacca co-pilot that they teased us with at Toy Fair. The one that was like a Furby. Uh-huh. Hasbro, we're waiting for that. But, oh, he also comes with the bowcaster. I forgot to tell you. Yeah. I, I was so excited about the rest of it. He comes with the bowcaster. Absolutely no weathering. Absolutely no color. Absolutely no paint. A well-sculpted piece of plastic. Yes. But the reason I'm so excited about this set is the Porg family. You get mom, pop, Porg. You've not held these yet, have you? No. Are we sure one's a male and a female? Because I know there's a way to tell the difference. Hold on. Let me look. I have to put on my glasses, which I know. Oh, they're on my head. Yeah. Well, they're supposed to be. I guess they could be a same-sex couple. I'm not opposed to that whatsoever. You know that. But these Males are slightly larger than females, and males have orange plumage around the eyes. So does one have orange around the eyes? No. So I have two female porgs. It's okay. They can adopt. They can't. It's it's women on women. Oh, their wings are articulated. Are they? Yes. <laughs> wings are articulated, guys. You thought they weren't, and one had it in the up screaming position, and one didn't. Yes. The wings are articulated. But these are clearly two male pork, or no, two female, female porks. Yeah, let me see. Also, they're flocked, which is amazingly fun. Yep, definitely two female porgs, no orange around the eyes. And they've got little plastic feet that are also articulated. <gasps> oh! Their little webbed feet These are the rotate. best. But I like the flock. I like the facial expressions. I like the little pupils. These things are they've coats, a, adorbs. They've got a good weight to them, too. They're not like just hollow little plastic figures. They've got a really good weight to them and they stand well. They stand really well. Yeah. I'm surprised. I know. They're... I think the weight is perfect balancing. They don't just knock over. But Hasbro is also, I believe, the first company ever to give us baby porgs. They're porglings. Porglings, like walklings? These are just hatched. And they're so cute in their little nest. Porglets. Porglets, I'm sorry. I didn't. (laughs) I'm looking at a picture of them on Wikipedia. And those things look like... The critter from the movie Critters, only blonde, but they just have the mouth. That's correct. Look at <laughs> yeah. they're kind of they're they're like little albino porgs until they grow up. I assume they're cute though. They're very adorable. I like it. One's like got a kissy face and his eyes closed, and the other is wide awake looking for mom. Oh, or I, mom. I have something very cute to tell you from the book Chewy and the Porgs, which I have but haven't read. Porgs apparently also possessed an understanding of certain linguistic terms. When they overheard Ray refer to Chewbacca as Chewy, they mistook it to be the word Chewy, leading them to wonder whether Chewbacca would serve as her food. Hmm. <laughs> but these are really cute. I mean, they did a really good job. I think they knocked it out of the park on this the Porgs. Chewy was just the vehicle to get us the Porgs. Yeah, if they had sets of just the Porgs, I have a feeling I'd be ordering you a case of Forces of Destiny Porgs the way I ordered you a case of Black Series 6-inch Porgs. Yes. They're Meaning 6-inch scale, not giant. It's not Porgzilla. Well, that would be kind of fun, wouldn't it? We are, well, we do have Porgzilla. We have that giant Porg, the one that talks, the one that's like four feet tall, which I still don't know if that was a mistake. But this set's a winner. Chewbacca, laughably fun. But if you are at all... Into Porgs, I have to say you're going to get this, if you can. These might be my favorite Porg collectibles made yet. And that's saying a lot. The Tomy Metal ones are also Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The Tomy Metal ones are amazing. But these are, these feel like something that 
you picked up at like a high end craft store or something, you know, or you know what I mean, like mm-hmm. an an artist gallery or something. I'm going to nitpick because I'm a toy reviewer and it's what I do. There's a slight seam on this it's poor not waist. A seam. It's not a seam. It's where the strap in the package was, oh. and I think it'll fluff out. Okay, because it looks like he's wearing a little belt. No, no, no. Because <laughs> it's right across his waist. This one actually has it at the bottom, too. It's not a seam. It's where the plastic was holding them in. Ah, okay. So, yeah, with time, that may come out. Oh, yeah. That looks like a C-section scar on that one. <laughs> Just on the lower belly. Yeah, that's... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Okay, there, that's all you need to know for Hasbro's the Porgs. No, no, oh, no. Oh, oh, okay. All right, let's take a look. And thanks again to our friends at Hasbro for sending us the awesome vintage collection Dr. Afra comic book set. Dr. Afra is one of the more acclaimed comics from Marvel's new run. You know, I think that they've done a really good job on this female buck that they've used on her. It's dainty. Do you have, let me see another figure you've got there. All right. I also have, it's a three pack. It comes with triple zero, the protocol droid. Well, this isn't going to help me compare, but a little bit different. I don't know. I think they got the proportions right on her. I'm kind of impressed that they did such a good job on it. So I kind of feel like maybe they got out of practice making three or three quarter inch figures. You know what I mean? Because we had that dry spell for a while and we just had the Walmart bits. But I also really like her tattoo. That's really cool. I do like that tattoo. I really think that's a cool I do have an unadulterated arm. (laughs) I know. I really like this figure. She's got the chest articulation. No, No wrist, but she does have shoulder and elbow, knee, rocker ankles. There's her hip. And, you know, at the legs, but... The chest articulation is not something usual in the ones like this. I really like this. I think they did a great job. The paint is phenomenal. Yeah, I think they did a really good job on her, don't you? I do. She comes with a working holster for the blaster, so you can put the blaster in the holster, and she holds it real well. Being a female figure, here's what Hasbro always does. Female figures get the tiniest feet in the action figure universe, making her a little bit difficult to stand because of the small feet, but she does stand pretty well. And yeah, she's got double-jointed elbows, double-jointed shoulders, hip swivel, really well-articulated, and the paint on her is so well done. And she's wearing the helmet with the goggles, and the vest is a separate piece on her, so it would be theoretically removable, but I think you'd have to cut it to get it off over the arms. But no, I really like her. But to me, the standout pieces are the droids. You like Triple Zero? Triple Zero, I like and I don't for a couple of reasons. I really just love the design of these evil Imperial droids. Triple Zero, though... I thought I broke him initially because as soon as I took him out of the card, his hip came off. And underneath, though, I realized he wasn't broken, but painted like an episode one C-3PO. Ah. And then as I'm trying to put that back on, and it's very, very difficult to put on, his back panel fell off. And as I'm trying to put the back panel back on, which I'm not really able to do, his face fell off. And so you can remove several pieces of Triple Zero's plating and get to the wiring underneath. Now, I will say that the face is the piece that's working best for me about getting it on and off. That hip, 
I cannot get it to set just right where it doesn't look like there's a big seam or where it looks slightly upraised. I can never get it to match the leg that doesn't do that. This back piece, I can't get back in. And the back of him looks like it sunk a little. Like maybe it molded wrong. I may have an error. Yeah, I just don't know if maybe it didn't translate well. But it's a square peg that I'm trying to fit into a rhombus hole. It's just, it's not, it's not a trapezoid, but it's like dipped lines on the top and bottom. So I've barely, just with a lot of force, been able to, and there goes his face again. (laughs) So that's my complaint. I love that they added these details. I wish, you know, if wishes were fishes or whatever, but I wish that these were like magnetic or something so that they stayed on a little bit better. Oh, I finally forced that back piece in as we were You got it. So, and it is not coming out. It was really forceful to get it in. But the standout of this set, absolutely, is BT-1, the astromech. This vintage series astromech is everything I could ever want in such an astromech. First, it's got a removable third leg. Oh. So you can have him just with two legs. It's not retractable, but it is removable. So you can then have him put out the third leg, and roll along. And when I say roll, I mean it. There's wheels. Oh, and they actually roll. They really stepped up the game on this one. And they roll well. If you get the legs at just the right angle, he really does just roll right along much smoother than the other figures that you push. You can just feel it move like it's on rollerblades. But if you know something about BT1, you know he's a badass. He comes decked out. He has removable side plates on his head. And they fortunately knew people like me (laughs) would set these down and then not know which one was left or which one was right. (laughs) So on the inside, it does say L and R. That is absolutely you. Unlike triple zero, these are a little tricky to get out. He comes with three guns. Now, one, you can't hide the hole. It's a tiny gun for the hole on his head. But then he comes with two BFGs that you put that plating on to simulate them popping out. You see, I already forgot which one was left and which one was right. This one is left. It's like they moved into our house and know exactly what happens. And so you put the big rocket launcher on the left side, and then you put the metal plate on the left side next to it, and it looks like it just slid out from his head, and now he's ready to blow some stuff up. That is so awesome. And then on the other side, he's got like a Gatlin gun or a cannon that just snips into the place, and then you put the panel on the other side. If you see this in the card, you see all the guns displayed. It's not until you open it up and you play with it that you realize, hey... I can actually take those guns off and have him incognito droid mode. How long has it been since we got such a playable droid? Not since that Sail Barge R2 probably, but that was a Black Series, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, there was that. I'm In three and three quarter inch scale? It's been a long time. A long time. I'm thinking, man, five years? Yeah. Even in this Black Series, we don't get that much... Playability. Well, usually droids don't have pop-out guns no, either. No, but, but you know what I'm saying. They went all out on this pack is what I'm they saying. Did. The Afra figure is good. She's not over-accessorized, but the droids overly make up for it. And the set is $50 for three figures. Pricey, but with the 
number of accessories it comes with, it's actually 50 well spent versus the same 50 I spent on repacks of Jin Urso and Snoke. But you mentioned Black Series. I did. There's two Black Series exclusives at Celebration, one of which, truthfully, was on my pass list, and one of which was on my must list. We'll start with the one I'm less excited about. On the pass list, I know I said I wouldn't believe you if you told me there was a Forces of Destiny exclusive, but if you told me there was a Star Wars centerpiece exclusive, I honestly would have laughed you out of the room. Weren't these all on clearance at... Everywhere? Yeah, I mean, you can pick these up for a song. Like the Luke one is dirt cheap, right? And so is the Vader. Those are the only two they did. I got them both for, I believe, 60% off at BestBuy.com because that was the right price. $50 for a centerpiece, which I like the concept of giving us diorama bases. But I think the price point's a little high. And I think the fact that it comes with a non-articulated figure turned a lot of people off, including myself. It doesn't feel like something I need to have to have a complete Black Series collection any more than those metal figures did or the titanium helmets did. You know, if everything's Black Series, nothing's Black Series. It's just all Star Wars. And so I felt like I could skip it. Now, at San Diego, they have an exclusive version of the Ray centerpiece. It's $110. That's kind of pricey. That's what made me say no. Now, the Ray centerpiece is shipping to regular retail, and it is at... I saw one picture online where somebody had it at $80. I think, though, it's probably going to be around the regular centerpiece $50 price. It's a nice Ray statue. I like the centerpiece base. There's like a giant mound that she's leaping off of. Like a rock. Yes, exactly, Miss Chevy. A snow-colored rock. Yeah, yeah. But the San Diego Comic-Con edition is going to push your limits on how much you'll spend for an exclusive variant of a Black Series figure because it comes with a battle-damaged Kylo Ren you can't get anywhere else. <laughs> now, I'll say they did a good battle damage. It looks like the Kmart exclusive Kylo Ren and that it's got this snow on his feet and the snow on his cloak. Yeah, I don't care for what they did with the snow effect. I It looks like he was just maybe painting in the garage. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have worn my good cloak when I was painting. But the fact that he's got the scar in his face is a given. But that his cloak is torn on the shoulder and has some damage in there is kind of badass. Is it $110 badass? No. No. Now, the other thing about the exclusive, though. Oh, wow. <laughs> I just blew your mind. You did, actually, because I was not expecting that. It has got a light up background of the trees on Starkiller Base and a lovely, like, bluish hue back there. That is amazing. It's nice. Wow. Is it $110 nice? No, not at all. <laughs> Absolutely not. My feeling on this was I was going to, even if I got a lotto ticket, pass on it at the show and see if I could get one at Hasbro Toy Shop because it's a big box. It's a big window box and you'd want to keep it in it or do you want to get your six inch figure out of it? Because the Ray is a statue, but the Kylo Ren is a fully articulated Black Series six inch figure. 
And they really did a great job on that head sculpt, too. It really looks like Adam Driver. Yeah, but the background, that's what makes it... It's what makes it really expensive, is now you're paying for, what, a $60 centerpiece and a $25 action figure, so you're at $85, and then you get convention premium and this light-up backdrop. Yeah, you're at $110. I understand how they priced it. It's really nice, but it was just the centerpiece line, I feel, is always overpriced. This, it's gorgeous, but to me... Not worth the money. I would try to see if I could pick up that Kylo Ren for less on eBay at some point. I concur. But it is kind of nice with the background. Yeah, I mean, it's but not bad. here's my problem. It's almost like you need to cut out the window, though, the window box, unless the background comes out with it. The backdrop is removable. Okay. Now, on the window box, they did do, like, a snow effect also, which is kind of cool. Yeah, at first I opened the box and... No complaints, because Hasbro sent these to us, but their packing department didn't do a whole lot of padding, and so I thought it was, you know how window boxes get those white, milky creases in them? I thought it was damaged, but no, I think they've just given it a snow effect on the box, which, nice touches. They made this a nice collector set, is what's happened. It's got amazing attention to detail. Mm -hmm. I can't deny that it's nice. I just feel that... I even wonder if this is going to sell out. It's also at, what, Toronto Fan Expo, all these exclusives? Yeah, it's at Fan Expo. So sometimes, rarely, but sometimes Comic-Con exclusives become eligible for Hasbro Toy Shop discounts and coupons. Once in a great while, you'll even see them marked down. Will a centerpiece be marked down? Are they making enough? Are they making too many because of Fan Expo? What will the demand for this be? I don't know. But my gamble, myself with my money, was going to be to pass on this and wait and see. And honestly, the price point kind of makes me think that. It's a really sweet thing, but the price is just a little too high for me. But the one I wanted, as many as they would let me get... They're kind of doing what they did. Remember the very first Black Series six-inch Comic-Con was a Boba Fett Mm -hmm. with the Han and Carbonite Yep, and became crazy hard to get, even though they released them also in Germany at Celebration? Yes. Well, they're doing it again. It is a gorgeous package. Black Series Han Solo Minoc Hunt. That is pretty awesome. You get a Bespin Han, which I'm... Pretty sure will be released in a later wave of Black Series 6-inch figures. But here you get it in a box that has a cardboard diorama of the Falcon's base. And exclusive to this set, it's to this set what the Han and Carbonite was to Boba Fett. A Minoc! A Minoc. That's pretty awesome. And much like the centerpiece, they gave... Remember the mist when they're in the quote-unquote cave, the space slug? They gave that same look to the window box here. This is one I definitely wanted one to keep boxed because the moment you open that box, you're going to lose the great diorama effect and you're just going to have some cardboard pieces. Mm -hmm. But having a couple of six-inch Minox wouldn't be a terrible thing either. No, no, this is really cool. I think this is really an awesome set. And it's what a collective set should be, an exclusive. It's got nice packaging. You get something you can't get. And it's worth your time and effort and money. And the 
box is a slide out that's got like some rubber bands in it or something so that you don't pull it off and oh. it just closes again to protect the window. Hasbro has really stepped up the game on packaging on some of these, I think. I gotta say, window boxes are the bane of my existence as a collector because I just, they are impossible to keep nice in any kind of move or any kind of packaging. You almost have to buy an acrylic case for each one. I came to the conclusion because... I mean, they look great. Remember all those Target sets in the big window boxes? How awesome they look. They do. But you just have a stiff wind and you get those milky folds in it. Mm-hmm. Here, they have a box that closes around the window box so you can protect your window box when you're shipping this home. It's ingenious and it looks like the Falcon. Yeah, I it's know. It's got th the Falcon bend on the side and the guns on top. They went all out on this. So- for whatever that I felt the centerpiece lacked, you know, I'm going to give this a performance review at work. <laughs> the centerpiece would actually get a four for exceeds expectations in presentation and delivery. But overall, for value for the dollar, I'd, I'd give it a two and a half. Eh, you know, it doesn't hurt me, so I'd go with a three because it's neither here nor there. But three is meets expectations. And it's just, it I think at 99, I'd give it a three. It's, yeah, it, you're right. There's that mental barrier of $100 and above. Mm -hmm. And if they had priced it at 99 it probably would be a completely different story. Or even $100. It, it would be completely different. But you're right. I feel like it is overpriced. I mean, I think they've done an amazing job, though. I mean, we this packaging from Hasbro is almost unheard of, what they've done here. Mm -hmm. They have knocked it out of the park with this stuff. And I love that the button is accessible through a little flap so you don't have to damage the box at all to light up the background. No, it's absolutely stunning. And I, I just, I think the price point is what's going to kill it, especially since we saw them all on clearance, what they've done thus far. Yeah, I think it's that expectation. It's that you had a line where everything went on clearance, and so I just see more of that line, and I expect to see more of clearance. It's the same thing that everybody said about the barge, as if the barge went to retail, we'd all wait till it was half off. Honestly, the Forces of Destiny, we waited until they were on clearance. Yes, and that's what I was about to say with the Forces of Destiny, is I'd feel the same way, except, first of all, the packaging for it's incredible. I love that the backdrop is the Millennium Falcon cockpit. I think this also is a set that deserves one to leave in the package in that cockpit. Yeah, I, I agree. And once you take it out, it's just got the plastic molded to it. But the detail they've given the porgs and everything made this line be a clearance line where I still said, or actually you ordered me, <laughs> that it's a must get no matter what. Yes. You were going to have me take a day off work to just stalk Hasbro Toy Shop on, I think it's what, August 13th? Yes, I was. But then... So I'd give that a five for completely exceeding every expectation for any Forces of Destiny. The talking Chewy feature doesn't hurt. It is kind of fun. Laugh it up, fuzzball. The Minox set, I expect greatness when it comes to the Black Series 6-inch set. And here, the figure meets expectations. It's what I would expect from a Black Series 6-inch. Comes with, I believe that's a Hydro Spanner. Oh, let's be honest. This is all about the packaging. The packaging is great. The Minoc, you know, I kind of wish they'd done a little bit more paint on the Minoc for an exclusive piece. It looks like there's a little bit of color differentiation, but he's very brown. 
and I can't tell if the lighter spots are actually weathering or if it's just molding. But I would give this set overall a four and a half. It, the packaging on it's incredible. I just, I think there's a couple areas it could improve, but I think it's a really good set and one that collectors are going to go nuts for. You know, I'm going to give it a five just because it is original trilogy and they made a really awesome box that they have never done before, which is kind of what got the centerpiece of where it did is because of the packaging. And that's what I want in an exclusive. I want to feel like I'm getting something special for my time and effort or for even being there. You know what I mean? I don't want to just go buy a regular carded figure. I want something super uber awesome. It's like I I was somewhat excited about the vintage car back 40th anniversary collection figures, but I felt the celebration exclusive could have been a little bit more, you know, Mm -hmm. give me something for my money or if I'm going to stand in line for three hours, I don't want to go. Yep. Okay. Just adding it to my collection. I would go, Oh my God, guys, look at this. So I know I think that's great. I, I think the packaging knocks it out of the park. The Dr. Afra set was the one I didn't expect to love as much as I do. I thought it would be good, but when it came and the Dr. Afra figure herself meets expectations. It's what I expect, which is a lot from a, you know, fifteen, twenty dollar, three and three quarter inch figure. Mm-hmm. She's well painted, she's well articulated, she's got a lot of detail. That tattoo on her arm is so well painted I can't even begin. It is really awesome. You haven't even read the comic and you now want this tattoo just off that figure. That it's says really, something. It gave me an idea to bounce off of, yeah. But then they really just overdid themselves with the droids and the removable pieces. Yeah, I wish that hip piece went on a little better. I wish the back piece went in a little easier. But the fact that they have removable plates on triple zero and these BFGs that have bronze and silver and orange paint on BT1, this is a five. This vintage Mm -hmm. three and three quarter inch set, completely expanded universe figures. They're starting to use that term again for stuff that isn't in a movie. But... Yeah, that set is a complete five. Fortunately, the packaging on that one, they packaged it like the old three packs from the vintage days when they would repack figures. I remember being a kid being like, well, why would I want that? I already have Bosk and those other guys. Did you talk like that when you were a little kid? I did. Okay. I was a little snotty. Okay. But now I realize, foolish me, I should have bought them to keep it packaged and I'd have a wonderful collectible today. Yes, it's okay though. You know, hindsight and all. But for me, that's an opener. It's not a six by nine. It's a three pack. If I got one set to open, that's really good. It's not like the Minox where I'm hoping for extra Minox. But that runs down the Hasbro exclusives and all of the Comic-Con exclusives for Star Wars that have been announced thus far. I can't wait. We are, like Marjorie said earlier, on the way to San Diego. And also, like she said earlier, I would like to just ask, if you don't watch our coverage of San Diego Comic-Con, that's fine. But watch the coverage from somebody who's there. There's so many sites that are actually there and putting in the footwork and talking to the teams. I think that please follow those sites and not the sites that just kind of glom on and read the Q&As and then report it like they're there as their own news. Yeah, I mean, other sites will share our links. That's great. That's wonderful. We're all a community. But, you know, get it firsthand and respect those that are there. And anybody who has a fan site, you're welcome to link to our coverage and report it. Just do the right thing. Put a link there Mm -hmm. to say, you know, your source. Exactly. 
And it's we're not dissing any site, but we're just asking, you know, there's a lot of sites. Again, it doesn't have to be us. I mean, I know Pixel Dan's going to be there. He covers Star Wars as well as a lot of other toys. And Pixel Dan's a great guy. Just be it YouTube, be it blogs. And if you're going to San Diego Comic-Con, I hope we see you there. Yeah, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Or even if you're just in San Diego, didn't get a ticket. We're going to be hanging out outside, too. You know, at some restaurants, bars. Might have a few alcoholic beverages. I think that there's a podcast meetup at the Marriott Bar Saturday night at 6. Yeah, check out Steel Wars. He's definitely going to be there. Yeah, so we'll be there for a little bit. Come hang out. I've got some buttons. And you never know. We might have some fun. Yeah, we've got a little bit of swag here. Oh, Triple Zero's back piece fell off again. Well, if you'd quit touching him well he's an action figure he's to be played with you're fidgeting i am fidgeting but yeah we'd love to see you at san diego and we'd also love it if you follow us on facebook twitter instagram justin's going to be there with us and daryl and barrett the five of us are going to storm this con to try to bring you the best coverage that we can Mm -hmm. so we'll actually talk to you in like a day or two you guys are going to be like all star wars action news all the time And until tomorrow preview night, when we'll probably be giving you at least a boot tour of Hasbro, if not more, may the pegs be stocked and the lottery and luck and force be with you. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can find pictures of the toys reviewed, chat with other Star Wars collectors, and find hundreds of Star Wars Action News episodes at our website, SWActionNews.com. This podcast is created by Star Wars fans showing their love of Star Wars. We want your feedback on Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at SWActionNews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at SWActionNews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can also find Star Wars Action News on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. The links to our social media sites are at SWActionNews.com. You can also help out our show by telling your friends to listen by posting on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or in person. We would also greatly appreciate a five-star review written on iTunes. A link to our iTunes feed is at SWActionNews.com. You can also send us your latest store reports, figure reviews, and more. Email us an MP3 or iPhone voice memo at show at SWActionNews.com. All content received is subject for use on the show. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. Star Wars and all that the Star Wars universe contains is trademark and copyright Lucasfilm Limited, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company. All rights reserved. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. <laughs>